The Anchored City podcast is recorded in Anchorage, Alaska, on the traditional lands of the Denina Athabascan people. Between the Seasons episode of the Anchored City Podcast, where we're connecting with Anchorage's soul through her histories, stories, and people. I'm your host, Joel Kiekenfeld. I've listened to a lot of national public radio over the years. In particular, I've listened to Anchorage's KSKA nearly daily over the last three decades. One show that I've always found interesting is the occasional show Addressing Alaskans. On that show, KSKA broadcasts speeches that are given in multiple venues that are of local and statewide interest. I've always enjoyed that these were live recordings complete with the clinking of dishes and crowd noise. This episode will follow in that live recording tradition, room noise and all. The next two episodes of this podcast will follow in the footsteps of addressing Alaskans with live recordings of speeches given recently on an important topic, the drug fentanyl. Fentanyl, a synthetic opioid is a dangerous drug that's killing Alaskans. In a report released by the Alaska Department of Health, Division of Public Health, in September of 2023 about drug overdose deaths in Alaska, it was noted that fentanyl was involved in four out of five opioid deaths, and many of these fentanyl-related overdose deaths involved an additional substance such as methamphetamine or heroin. On Friday evening, January 26, 2024, the FBI Anchorage Citizens Academy Alumni Association held an event at the Petroleum Club of Anchorage titled, Discover the Truth About Fentanyl in Alaska. With fentanyl wreaking havoc across the state, we decided to record the keynote speech and the panel talks at this event to make this information more available to a larger audience. In this first episode, we hear the keynote speaker, an FBI special agent. And there are deserts that I have yet to cross And I have dreamed of faraway places Where imagination just gets lost And I would search the wide world over First off, thank you so much for having me. I very much appreciate the opportunity to speak to you all. Um, I want to say a special thanks to the FBI Citizens Academy Alumni Association for putting on this event and for inviting me here as well. Um, I really do appreciate everyone who's here, their dedication to working and trying to combat this uh, fentanyl crisis that we have here in Alaska. Um, it really means a lot to everyone here, and we appreciate you all being here. So. 
as Chloe mentioned, I came all the way from New York City to be here with you guys tonight. Um, at least that's the story I'll tell. So I recently transferred here to Alaska. This is my first winter. Um, <laughs> nobody told me about the winter. It, it was, they said there'd be a little bit of snow, it'd go away, you know, you, you could enjoy the sunlight. Um, but it, it really has been great. Um, so back in, in 2016, I joined the FBI. Um, went to the New York City field office, which was a huge culture shock for me because I came from the Midwest, um, so that was uh, definitely different. I worked Russian organized crime there, and we did a myriad of different um, RICO cases. Um, and one of the good things about working Russian organized crime was they were into a lot of different violations. So my experience went from not just being, you know, and focused on one particular thing, but it was able to work um, all types of different federal violations that we do. So the experience was great. Um, I was able to get the opportunity to come out here to Anchorage, Alaska, and transfer to the field office here. So I came from the smaller, or from the biggest field office that covers one of the smaller geographical locations to the smallest staff-wise office that covers the biggest geo. Uh, location here with square footage or square, <laughs> square miles I guess you have to use them here so it, it really has been um, a fantastic adventure for me and my family coming up here um, the winters winter's definitely been great um, so really quick I know we have a lot of different backgrounds here in the room we have people that are way more qualified on fentanyl in the crisis than I am and we have people I, I believe that are, are new to it as well so in the interest of being on the same page, I want to go over just a quick overview of fentanyl. It is a potent synthetic opioid drug that is actually approved by the FDA. It is used as an analgesic and an anesthetic. It is approximately 100 times more potent than morphine and 50 times more potent than heroin. Law enforcement typically encounters fentanyl as a powder or in tablet form. I'm sure a lot of you have seen the, the blue tablets that were, are quite common nowadays. In Alaska, most commonly seen, uh, fentanyl is mixed into illegal drugs such as heroin and methamphetamine, and it is also a prescription, also in prescription and counterfeit prescription pills. Um, Everyone here has probably seen the graphics, I think it was actually on the invite, of how small of a dose is deadly when it comes to fentanyl. And, and it's the, the common graphic of seeing it on the end of a pencil, and that's the size. Um, for those of you more tech-savvy people, uh, pencils are a day of the past. <laughs> if you look at a penny and you cover up the goatee on Abraham Lincoln, that is the amount of fentanyl that you're going to need to have a deadly dose. The DEA laboratory found that of the fentanyl-laced fake prescription pills analyzed in 2022, six out of 10 contained a deadly dose of fentanyl. Before resale, criminal organizations often mix fentanyl powder into other drugs such as heroin or often sell fentanyl pills as counterfeit prescription pain medication, the blue pills that I was mentioning earlier. As a result, many Americans, including right here in Alaska, are unaware that they are purchasing and being poisoned by fentanyl, which often results in overdose deaths. Drug users are gambling with their lives when it comes to fentanyl. Since no pill is the same, they don't always know what they're getting with it. In 2021, the statewide HIDA initiative seized enough fentanyl pills containing fentanyl to, ki to kill over 200,000 Alaskans. Wow. So oftentimes here in Alaska, from what I'm gathering in my short tenure here, 
is, well, that's in the lower 48. We don't have to worry about that here because we're Alaskans and that's their problem. Fentanyl is not that way. What we're seeing in here in Alaska is no different than the lower 48 when it comes to the opioid crisis. Alaska is not immune to this issue because of its remote location. Illicit drugs, including deadly fentanyl, are making their way to Alaska, which has a devastating impact on both the small and large communities here. In 2021, sharp surges in drug overdose deaths were reported nationwide, with Alaska experiencing the largest percent increase of any state in the United States. In the year 2021 alone, there were 253 drug overdose deaths in Alaska and a majority of those involving fentanyl. Alaska is a target-rich environment. If drug traffickers do manage to get drugs here, it can be very lucrative, since the market and the return on the investment is significantly higher than in other areas in the country. Alaska has a markup value on drugs across the board, but the markup for rural Alaska is extraordinarily high. Oftentimes, we're seeing Pricing per fentanyl pill anywhere from 10 to 200 times the prices found in the lower 48. So for instance, if the lower 48, a fentanyl pill costs a dollar, maybe here in Anchorage, you're looking at $10. And then some of our more rural communities, you're looking at $200 per pill. Even so, it's like any other business when it comes to supply chain issues. We've learned in the course of our investigations that these dangerous drugs are most often smuggled into Alaska via packages, such as parcels or shipments, and airways via uh, body carries, so or in the luggage or on the person. These methods tend to be more, carry more risk than other smuggling routes in the lower 48. What we've observed in Alaska is consistent with the uh, DOJ's Attorney General's remarks this past year regarding fentanyl, its manufacturing and movement, and the sale of it in complex and comprehensive fentanyl trafficking networks, the traffickers are moving fentanyl from Mexico into the United States, where it is sold wholesale, into other criminal organizations. In most cases, by the time the drugs reach Alaska, the drugs have made their way through multiple states and multiple distributors, many of those which are criminal organizations uh, tied to Mexico, and other uh, countries in the South America. So what are we doing about it? The FBI, our law enforcement partners, are able to use a variety of tools and authorities to disrupt these organizations, hold traffickers responsible, and remove the illicit drugs from our streets. One of those uh, tools that we use, we have a FBI Safe Streets Task Force, uh, which is comprised of multiple agencies, um, we have uh, Captain Sims here from uh, the troopers. We actually have one of his Alaskan troopers that sits on our task force and works directly with us. We also have the Anchorage Police Department and um, many other federal agencies. This task force is a vehicle in which all levels of law enforcement agencies collaboratively address violent crime in the Alaskan communities. These coordinated investigative pursuit, investigations pursue in violations such as racketeering, drug conspiracy, and firearms violations. We also have HIDA, which uh, Captain Sims also oversees, um, many of the troopers that are on it. It's a high-intensity drug trafficking area, is what, is what HIDA stands for. 
This program aids federal, state, and local tribal law enforcement agencies operating uh, in these areas determined to be critical drug uh, trafficking regions. I believe right now we've got Haida's that cover the western Alaska, we've got the Matsu Valley, Anchorage, uh, the southeast, and then uh, Fairbanks as well, to name a few, that cover these regions and focus primarily on the drug trafficking that's going on here in Alaska. We also have OCDEF, which is the DOJ's Organized Crime Drug Enforcement Task Force. This is a national initiative that leverages resources and expertise of partners in concentrated, coordinated, and long-term enterprise investigations of transnational organized crime, money laundering, and drug trafficking. To qualify as an OCDEF case, um, one of the, the key parts of it is we have to work with our partners. So me as the FBI, I cannot go and actually open my own OCDEF case. In order to tap into it, I have to bring in another federal agency, which here in Alaska, I'm happy to say we do quite regularly. In Alaska, the FBI, U.S. Attorney's Office, and our law enforcement partners are combating the opioid crisis in the way, same way that we fought other threats, by targeting every aspect of their networks, by using tools of national power to dismantle them. In Alaska, there is not a one-size-fits-all solution. No single agency can do this alone. The Alaska HIDA program strengthens, strength lies within its team approach. Each participating law enforcement agency has different roles and responsibilities, but keeping our communities safe and preventing drug trafficking is a responsibility that we all share. So I want to go over very briefly a, a, a case that we've had um, I keep referring to Captain Sims, but, but he's, he's involved in all of this as well. Um, very recently, to keep things relevant for you guys, we announced a case that we just took down um, yesterday, actually, with the United States Attorney's Office. Um, it was a joint case that was worked with DEA, FBI, the Alaskan State Troopers, the United States Postal Inspection Service, and the Anchorage Police Department. It, it was focused solely on a um, transnational organized crime and drug trafficking ring that was targeting Alaska specifically. This case was an excellent example of two different things for us. First, it made it very aware to the public the sophistication, the means, and the extent to which these criminals will go to traffic drugs into our communities. It also showed the excellent partnerships in law enforcement community, whether local, state, or federal. This showed how well all the departments and the agencies work together to combat the drug trafficking in Alaska. It is oftentimes difficult to comment on ongoing investigations since these uh, complex drug enterprise investigations typically take anywhere from three to five years if you're doing large-scale operations. Because fentanyl has started to become more prevalent in Alaska in the last five to 10 years, a lot of these cases haven't gone through the full litigation process, so it's, it's tough for us to get into a full case brief. I know a lot of you have um, been in through the Citizens Academy, and we typically will give very deep dive on some different cases. Um, unfortunately, we're not able to do that with a lot of our, our recent fentanyl cases just because of the litigation process. We have seen a trend of fentanyl have a large impact on other federal violations, though. For instance, human trafficking Many of the human trafficking victims um, have vulnerabilities um, that make them susceptible. One of those trends that we are starting to see is that fentanyl is playing a part in those vulnerabilities. 
Fentanyl is more direct addictive than other drugs. Traffickers are using this as a way to exploit their victims by controlling them with a fentanyl addiction. Unfortunately, this trend is not just being seen in adults. Fentanyl is one more tool that traffickers are using to control and exploit our most vulnerable in our communities, our youth. <coughs> We're even seeing fentanyl doses in high school. So we say all this and we bring up how serious this is, but what can we do about it and why are we all here today? We recognize that we cannot do this alone. The Alaska HIDA program has launched a comprehensive advertising campaign in January of 2023 designed to help communities partner with law enforcement and fight against drug trafficking here in Alaska. The goal of the campaign was to empower Alaskans to report suspicious drug trafficking activities and behavior to law enforcement. By doing so, Alaskans can help save countless lives from overdose. As law enforcement works to mitigate the threat of illicit fentanyl and dangerous drugs in Alaska. Many of the initial tips on drug traffickers that we get in the law enforcement come from our community. Whether it's through individuals or different industries, such as banks, shipping companies, airlines, or social service groups, these tips make an enormous difference. It takes all of us in the community being aware of the threat and being able to report it to law enforcement that will make the difference. I want to thank everybody for their time tonight. I want to thank our panel for being here. Um, and, and if anybody has any brief questions, I'm open to taking them, but otherwise... so much for listening. For more information on how you can get involved in addressing and responding to the fentanyl epidemic, go to health.alaska.gov slash osmap slash pages slash hope dot ASPX. You can also go to www.inomine.org slash topic slash opioid hyphen overdose hyphen response hyphen kit or go to akfentanylresponse.com. These links are listed in the show notes. Join us on our next episode for more on this urgent topic. Until next time, I'm Joel Kiekenfeld. Be good out there. Thank you so much for listening. We're grateful for you, our listeners. If you are grateful for what you're hearing, please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcast or wherever you listen, and recommend us to your friends. Those are small things, but they make a huge difference. The Anchorage City Podcast is a production of the Anchorage Urban Training Collaborative. The mission of the collaborative is to train the heads, hearts, and hands of urban leaders to love their city and seek its peace. When we say peace, we mean a desire to see a world where all things are the way they're supposed to be for all people. Find us online at anchorageutc.org or on social media at Anchorage UTC. Resources used to make this episode can be found in the show details. Our theme music is by Anchorage's own Monica Lettner. <laughs>